So I'm excited that you're here for week three of I Will. I Will is a series that we started, obviously, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, and uh, it's a series of statements that we want to walk into 2021 with that we don't want to just say, I might, I may, I could, I should, I will, you know, we want to say, I will. I will make a difference. I will change. Something will shift in my life. So the past two weeks, we've talked about I will decide, and we've talked about vision, having vision for our lives, and what that looks like for our families, what that looks like for our church, what that looks like for our world. And then we talked about I will make a difference and how we can make a difference. In fact, I shared that message this week on my social media platform twice because I felt like, I don't know about you, but I felt like this week was a great week to really figure out how can we individually make a difference in this world, right? And, and, and I just want to tell you, like, in this world, uh, God has asked us to come in and make a footprint in our world and make a difference and make an impact and make a difference wherever we are, whoever we're with, so that we can see God elevated and his kingdom lifted high, amen? And so I, I, we've talked about that over the few weeks. And I want you to take notes today because I want to say this. I, I, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today about this topic. I will grow. So look at somebody next to you and kind of just in a, in a soft, you know, however you need to, to feel comfortable. Just tell them, I will grow. Come on, say, say I will grow. I will grow. How many of you want to grow in your life? Like you, you, you want to grow, right? Some of you are like, depends on what kind of growth you're talking about. Um. I could ask it like this too, right? Not just uh, how many of you want to grow. How many of you want to change? How many of you want to change? How many of you want to be different? Because the truth is, is we can't talk about growth and exclude change from growth. Growth is change. Growth is change. Change is growth. Like we all should be different today than we are, than we were yesterday in some way, shape, or form. In fact, if we can answer the question, how am I different today than yesterday, or how am I different this year than last year, uh, and we can say, I'm not, then I would venture to say, we haven't grown in that time. If, if change does not take place, growth is not taking place. And so what I, I came to talk about today for just a few minutes, and I believe the Lord has kind of laid on my life and my heart, and I just wanted to share it with you, is that if I want to grow, I have to be willing to change. But if I want to change, I have to be willing to grow. And, 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 and I got to ask, like, how are we different? How am I different this week than I was last week? Is my ideologies different? Am I thinking different? Am I living different? You know, if I want to, if I want to eat healthier in 2021, guess what I got to do? I got to change going to the drive-thru so much, or I got to change what I buy at the grocery store, or whatever that looks like, right? I got to change that. If I want to uh, if I want to grow in wisdom or grow as a, let's say this, I want to grow as a, as a husband, right? I need to change the way that I've done some things in my life. I need to change a few things. Here's the, here's the issue with most of us, including myself a lot of times, is that most of us want the rewards of growth without the effort. Right? The shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. We want the growth, we want the rewards, we want the results, but we don't want to take the effort. Like if your goal is, I want to be healthier in 2021, guess what you got to do? You got to go to the gym first. Like you actually got to sign up. That's the first step. Or I want to be healthier in 2020, you got to stop buying the Twinkies at Food Lion. You know what I'm saying? Like that's for me, praise God. 
I, I gotta, whatever it looks like, I gotta be willing to put in the effort to get to the results or else I'm just asking for a shortcut. But I wanna tell you today, this is what I got. I got three points for you today. You can make this the fourth point, the first of four if you want, but I just feel like this is so far ahead of anything else that this is something we gotta know. Growth starts, watch this, with God. Growth does not start with you. Growth starts with God. Growth starts. It doesn't, God doesn't just help it. God doesn't just accelerate. It starts with God. And, and I know you're like, yeah, if I want to spiritually grow. No, I'm talking about any way, shape, or form. If you want to grow, period, you have to get in touch with your creator. It starts with God. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. There's this conversation between the Apostle Paul and some people in the church of Corinth taking place. And they're like, well, if it's all about God, if it's all about Jesus, then who are you? And what, what importance, what role do you play? And what role does Apollos play? What does all this play? And here's what he says. He says, I, Paul, I planted he plants the seed, right? And then he says, Apollos came along and Apollos watered. So Paul goes, I planted the seed of the gospel. I planted the seed of Jesus. I planted the seed of the kingdom. I planted all that. And then Apollos came along and he's a great disciple. He's a great preacher. He's a great pastor, whatever you want to say. He's all those great things. But all he did was water it. Watch this. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God causes the growth. God causing the growth. So watch this. This is what Paul says about himself. So then neither the one who plants, which he just said was him, nor the one who waters, who he said was a great leader that he's entrusting the church to named Apollos, neither one of us are anything. We're nothing. And then he says this, but God who causes the growth. We have to understand, we are not the ones that cause our own growth. See, Paul comes along and he says, all I did was plant a seed. All I did was start something. All I did was look at you and say, you are fertile soil. You are good. You are good. You're ready for this. And I'm going to teach you this. And then Apollos comes along and says, I'm going to reaffirm what he says. And I'm going to live it. But it's God who causes the growth. I need, to, I need to ask you a question on this, right? The question is, what's, what are you allowing to water the seed? What are you allowing to water the seed of the gospel in your life? Because here's, here's where most of us go wrong. Most of us go, well, as long as, as the pastor preaches a good message and he, and, he, and he plants a good seed in my life, then it'll grow. That is a lie. There is nothing on the planet that works that way. There's not one single seed on the planet that goes, just plant me, don't worry about taking care of it, don't worry about uh, watering it, don't worry about... No, you can help it grow by watering it. Here's the truth, watch this. Most of us go, as long as the pastor plants the seed, it will grow. What's watering the seed? What's the seed? The seed is the gospel. My job, I'm just going to be real bold today. My job is not to make you grow. If you're waiting on me to cause you to be a better husband, a better wife, a better follower of Jesus, if you're waiting on me to do those things, can I tell you, I'm not the one that is here to cause that. I can't cause growth. What my job as the pastor of this church is to get in the throne of God and find out what seed God wants me to sow. My job is to say, God, what do you want me to say? What is watering that seed though? Am I getting in the word or am I going on Facebook and waiting on another 30 second Stephen Furtick clip? 
Hey, hey, watch this. Am, 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 I good? am I doing something to go, Pastor, that was a good word. I'm looking over my notes. I'm praying about it. I'm reading. I'm digging in. I'm doing everything. Or am I just waiting on the next sermon graphic to pop up? Next sermon quote to pop up so that I can share it because after all, I want people to think I'm watering. Come on, somebody. You with me today? Like, I love you. But sometimes we need to hear things. What is watering the seed? Or am, I, or am I going, hey, as long as the pastor comes to see me when I'm sick, then my seed will grow. That's a lie. I can't be everywhere all the time. We got 500 plus people that call this place home. I got three kids and a wife that need my attention. I can't be everywhere. You follow me today? Come on. As long as my leader that, 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 that leads me on the team does it the way that I think it needs to be done, then the seed's being watered. No, you water your seed. I can help, but it's you that has to get in the word. Here's the problem. Most of us are mad that a seed that was planted by God in our life still hasn't grown when we've done nothing to take care of it. Dried out seeds do not flourish. In fact, this year, this year, I, I attempt to garden all the time, every year. I do well for a couple months, and then it's like, I'm tired of this thing. Die already. Right? So this year, I attempted, um, I had a pack of seeds in my garage. I can't even remember what they were. Tells you how much I paid attention. Had a pack of seeds in my garage. They'd been sitting there for two years, wide open, just laying on my, my metal shelves over there, right? So this year, I was like, I'm going to plant these seeds. I'm going to see what they do. I planted the seeds. Guess what? I watered the seeds, but they never flourished. They never did anything. You know why? Because they were dried out. On the earth, here, nothing flourishes if it's dried out. The seed is not going to grow. But in the kingdom, here's what happens. God goes, yes, it's dried out. Yes, for 10 years you've had it in your life, but I will bring that thing back to life. Look at the tomb. Look at what happened three days after death. He looked and he said, hey, you're supposed to be dead, Jesus, but because the spirit that lives in you, I bring life back to you. He can look at the seed that's in your life that you've decided not to water, and he can bring it back to life because he loves you, and he believes in you. And the, the question is, what are we doing to water it? Am I waiting on somebody else to come along and go, hey, you should really read your Bible. Hey, you should really worship. Listen, if I don't like to worship on earth, I'm going to hate being in heaven. The Bible teaches me. Hey, watch this. If I know, some of you are like, I can't believe you said that. It's in the Bible. In the Bible, it says we will worship him with the throne of angels at his throne. We will sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. But I can't even sing how he loves us. Oh, how. I don't sound good. You ain't got to. You follow what I'm saying today? Like, we, what are we doing to really water what God's put in us? Am I waiting on the church to do it the way that I like it to be watered? Because if I am, then here's what's going to happen. I, if I don't get watered at this church the way I want to get watered, I'll go to that church. And then in six months, I'll get tired of the way they water it, and I'll go to that one. <laughs> I know, y'all like. Next week, just give me a chance. <laughs> just give me a shot. I just really feel like growth. Here's, here's why I'm a little, little harder today, for real. I love you. This is what I tell leadership all the time. And when I'm doing leadership stuff, if I don't love you, I'm not going to crawl. And I'm not going to get up in your business. And I'm not going to tell you hard things. Because why would I? 
In fact, I love you so much, I will tell you things that other people probably have needed to tell me. Some of us, we just need to go, what is watering that seed? And the answer for some people is nothing. The answer for some people is Sunday church. The answer for some people is what's watering the seed is every day I get in my Bible. I read something, whether it's a chapter, a verse, a couple chapters, a few chapters, whatever. For some people, the answer is I spend time in prayer. For some people, it's I spend time in worship. I don't know what's watering. You know what, what does it for me? I get in my Bible, I worship, I pray. I'm not perfect attendance. I'm not great at it, but I do well. I try. I get in relationship with people that challenge me. I'm in small groups. I have a small group of teenagers that meet at my house on every other Wednesday night. Right now, we have a blast, man. They did a five-minute plank the other day. And my, y'all, that made my abs hurt. And I didn't even do it. I get in relationship with people that challenge me. Why? Somebody's got to care enough about me to water the seed that God's got in me. What's watering the seed? But watch this. Watch this. God causes the growth. If we ever think we, our hard work is what causes what God's put in us to grow, then we've become our own God. And that may be part of the issue today. Is that we're more worried about everything that causes growth from our perspective rather than watching God cause the growth. In order to grow, we got to plant our feet somewhere. We got to plant our feet. Watch this. I can't plant this foot in the gospel and this foot in everything else and I'll serve Jesus as long as it works out, but I'll serve the world when it don't. I got to plant somewhere. I got to get in a church and go, I'm planting my feet right there. I got to get in the word and go, I'm planting my feet right there. I'm growing roots. I'm doing something. I'm going somewhere with this thing. I'm growing. I'm changing. Everything looks different. Many of us, including myself, focus a lot more on being a human doing than we are a human being. See, I, wanna, I just want to tell you this off the very beginning. Some of us, our, our fight is, what am, I, what am I on earth for? What is my purpose here? Can I tell you what your purpose is? To be a son or a daughter of God. That's it. And when we walk in that, watch this, then we get to do awesome things with our Father. Then we get to do great things with our Father. Like, watch this. A couple weeks ago, so during the renovations of the... Are you still following me? Is this helping anybody today? A few, few weeks ago, I took my kids, my two oldest kids, I took them to Dave & Buster's. If you've ever been to Dave & Buster's, you've got to take out a small mortgage just to go. <sighs> Praise God. I took them because during the renovations, they had to share mom and dad a lot for about eight, seven or eight weeks. They did school in one of the classrooms while it was being painted all the time. They were running the aisles of the, of the, the chairs. They were running around. They had, I took my, my two-year-old up on the 26-foot scissor lift all the way up. He was not scared. I was terrified. I needed his diaper, if you know what I'm saying. Watch this, Bill. I took him to Dave & Buster's. I didn't take your kids to Dave & Buster's took my kids to Dave and Buster's. You know why I took my kids to Dave and Buster's? Because they're my kids. And because they committed to be with me in those times. And we got to go do something cool for no other reason than they were my kids. Some of us are trying to figure out what we can go do cool with our dad 
rather than just learning how to be with our dad. Are you with me today? That's your purpose. That's our purpose. That's what growth looks like. It's just going, I'm going to be a human being. I'm just going to be a son. I'm just going to be a daughter. I'm not going to worry about doing everything perfect because watch this. You won't. I just set some of you free right there. You're not. I'm not either. And if you're looking for a perfect pastor, you're not going to find him here. And if you're looking for a perfect church, this ain't it. Because if it was, I'd screw it up. That's just the reality. But what I can be is loved by God. What I can be is a son. And I want to give you three quick things. I want to give you three quick things on how we can grow. Watch this. How, how can we grow? The first one is this. It's actually found in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I hope online you're taking some good notes and you're putting some stuff in the chat box. I'd love to see that and hear from you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24 teaches us that we have to realize, first and foremost, something has to change. In order to grow, we have to realize something has to change. Watch this. In reference to your former manner of life, that's, that's bringing the, the idea, right, the ideology that something has got to shift from what it was to what it's going to be. Watch this. The former manner of life. You lay aside your old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of defeat, of deceit. And that you be renewed or made new in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. I love this scripture. Here's why. It talks about how something has to change. In other words, whenever I come into relationship with Jesus and I become a human being and I become a son or a daughter and I walk into that relationship with God, watch this, I cannot be who I once was. You can't show me in the Bible where God shows up and everything stays the same. When God shows up somewhere, everything changes. Everything should change. What Paul to the church of Ephesus in the, in the letter called Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24 is telling us is there is an old way of life that you have to throw to the side in order to get to where God wants you to go. You have to grow. You, so here's the thing. Do I still struggle with the same things I used to struggle with? Watch this. Maybe, but how am I fighting the struggle? Because last year I might have gave in to the struggle, but this year I'm fighting it good. That's growth. That's different. You're getting there. It's a journey. It takes place. But here's the thing. If I don't see change as essential, I will not see growth as an option. If I don't see change, I know some of us are like, I'm too old to change. No, we're not. No, we're not. I'm only 37, and I am a hard-headed sucker. I am set in my ways. This is how it should, but here's the truth. I have to change in order to go to new levels, in order to go to new places. i got to do things different. What needs to change in my life? I've got to see that. I love that it says that you have to throw aside your old former life. When I go home today, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take this button down off, I'm going to throw it in the dirty clothes, and it's going to get washed at some point this week, right? Why? Because I've half-sweated through it already in the first service. It's going to stink. It's going to be nasty. I don't want to wear it again. Do you know why I don't want to wear it again? Because it's dirty. 
I don't want to put back on something that's dirty because I want to put on something that's going to smell good, look good, maybe fit a little bit tighter as I get a little bit more in shape. Praise God. Right? Whatever that looks like. But many of us want to go, hey, God, if you could wash my former self and just give me who I was back. And God's like, no, I want you to forget about who you were because who you were does not decide who you're going to be. I've got something greater for you that is made clean and holy in my image and in my likeness and in my presence. Everything changes. Some of us need to take off who we were and throw it away and just go, I'm not going back to that. You with me? Some of us need to go, I'm taking my negative mentality and I'm throwing it away. Some of us need to go, I'm taking my addictions and I'm throwing it away. Whatever it is, who we were cannot go where we're going. And my unrighteousness can't go into his presence. Which is why he wants us to spend time cleaning who he's going to make us to be. Claim that. Let him cleanse us. Let him be everything that we want to be. So number one is we got to realize something has to change. Number two, we have to embrace the process. Can you say embrace the process? This was tough. James is one of my favorite books in the New Testament. I love James. James is a no-nonsense, straightforward kind of guy. Kind of tells you how to live uh, for God. He, he just kind of throws it out there. But James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, gives me something that every time I read it, I cringe a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and say that some of you, you've, you know where I'm going with this, and you know what the Scripture says, but it still makes you cringe a little bit. Watch this, verse 2 through 4 of James chapter 4. Uh, James chapter 1, I'm sorry. It says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. You got to be kidding me. Consider it joy, knowing, right? So here's why. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its partial result. No. Perfect result. Let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Embrace the process. Here's what James is teaching us. The half-brother of Jesus is trying to teach us and tell us this. Whenever you go through a difficulty, smile. James is trying to teach us when things don't go your way, smile. Creepy, isn't it? And, and can I just say this, like in America, the persecution we think we face is nothing compared to what everybody faces on the rest of the world. I want to say, like, I can't believe that I got to do this and that, and I don't care, you fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill in the blank with. Meanwhile, people in China are getting beheaded because they sing how he loves us. Woe is me. And I'm not, like, trials are different for everybody. I'm not saying that what you go through isn't tough, but what I'm saying in perspective, whenever we change our perception, it may not be as big of a deal. Your wife rolled her eyes at you today. Your world's not coming to an end. She's going to do it again this afternoon. <laughs> James says, when your marriage is going through a difficulty... When your kids are driving you up the wall. Praise God. Consider it all joy. And here's why. Because endurance 
produces a perfect result with God. Endurance. I think that's important. In a couple weeks, um, we get the honor of Pastor Travis talking to us about, about the core, about discipline and what it means to endure and create disciplines to get us there. And the great thing is this, is he says, if we will learn to endure, there's a perfect result on the other side of your problem. There's something beautiful on the other side of the problem. And he goes, I know it's a trial. I know it's difficult. I know it's frustrating. I know you don't get it. And I know you're mad. And I know this. And I know that. And I get it. But James goes, just consider it joy. Because what you don't see is that in the midst of the trial, I am bringing you to perfection in Jesus. And it's going to be better on the other side if you'll just focus on him and you'll give it all to him and consider it all joy. I know it's hard, but it's joyful. And joy, watch this, joy is not circumstantial. Joy is a position of the heart. Joy is the ability to look and go, this stinks right now, but I'm going to smile. And see, we have to embrace the process, and here's why. The process can be difficult because nobody starts on Z. Nobody starts at the finish line. Everybody has a trial and a race to run. Every, some people may start on F while you start on C. I don't know. But the reality is we all have a race to run. The problem is, is we want to run somebody else's race. And then when we get to their finish line instead of ours, we want to complain about the destination that we reached. Sorry, that's another message. But the truth is, is we've got to learn to embrace the process. Watch this. Because... Trials are different for everybody. Here's the thing. I know social media makes it look like everybody starts on Z. Everybody's at their destination. Everybody's living their best life now. If this is my best life that I'm ever going to live, then I've done it wrong because I'm going to heaven one day and I'm going to sit at the throne of the Father and that's going to be my best life now, not here on earth. That's my citizenship. And I know social media makes it look like they got it all together, but what you didn't see is 30 minutes of, Jimmy, get your tail over here before I kick your teeth down your throat. What we don't see is the fights and the frustrations on the other side. Here's what, I'll give you a personal story, because I know I like hearing personal stories of pastors that I love, because I want to know that they're not just floating around on the earth glowing with a halo. I want to know they're for real. When I walked in this morning at 10 till 9 and that front door to walk in and get ready for church this morning, everybody saw me walking in with a Starbucks and a smile with my mask and my kids were walking in. Yeah, radiate kids. Woo-hoo. What they didn't see was at 8 o'clock, I'm sitting there going, Brody, where's your socks and shoes? Cullen, what are you doing? Get out of that. Do this. Kylie, you got to brush your teeth. Your, sm- your, 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 your breath smells like rotten fish. Something got changed. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm getting, your pastor's getting three kids, because my, my wife is the Radiate Kids director. Guess who gets those three kids ready on the way to church? <laughs> While thinking about the sermon, praying over y'all, I look at them. This morning, I was like, I'm about to lay hands, praise God, and I ain't going to be holy. Like, it's getting bad. Brody, I look at Brody, my oldest, right? And he's like, he's just walking around. They watched the whole, they watched Toy Story this morning. I'm like, clothes, on the couch, put them on, help me out here. I looked at Brody, I was like, Brody, hey, uh, show me your hair. Got his hood on. Y'all, you look like Weird Al Yankovic out there. That thing's just all over the place. Some of y'all don't know what that is. Go look him up. (laughs) Hair crazy. I looked at him, I was like, you got to do something with that boy. He's like, what? And I'm like, what? Go look in the mirror. Just be careful, it's going to scare you. 
He goes in there and he fixes the hair and I, we fix his hair and I'm like, go grab a hat because you're going to need it later because that ain't staying. That looked bad. <laughs> Cullen walking around with a diaper sagging down to his knees and I'm like, oh my gosh. Got to change his diaper. Kylie's walking around. And I'm like, baby, shoes. We need them now. I got to go, right? Y'all didn't see that. Y'all didn't see in the car when I got back in Starbucks, they asking me 7 million questions. I just said, just stop for a minute. I got to think. What y'all saw was I walked in that front door and I was like, hey, what's up? Radiate church. Let's go. God going to do something good today. Because all we see is people's highlights. Everybody's got a journey. And if y'all didn't have a morning like that, teach me your ways. <laughs> what I'm telling you is everybody has a process that they have to live out. But we need to embrace the process because resistance or difficulty stretches us toward a greater capacity. And the greater God calls us to things, the more capacity we have to have to, have to hold it and to operate within that. Resistance is where growth takes place. So we got to realize something has to change. Embrace the process. And here's the last one. Do what it takes. Do what it takes. Do whatever it takes. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 makes this statement. Paul says this to the church of Ephesus. He says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Man, that has always stuck out to me. Worthy of the calling. Worthy of the calling with which you have been called. What does that even look like? Well, he goes over in chapter 5. In verses 15 through 17, he makes this statement. James, uh, or, or Paul follows it up and he says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. In other words, be careful not to walk in out your life in a way that you have no wisdom or instruction. Verse 16, making the most of your time. Can we all just say we need to make the most of our time? We never know how much time we have left, so let's just make the most of it now. Why stress about things I can't control whenever I can change things that I can? Make the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do what it takes. Well, well pastor, in order to walk out a life worthy of the calling God has in my life, I have to know what my calling is. Well, it's really not as hard as we think. Here's the deal. There's certain things, I've already talked about it a lot. There's certain things that God wants us to do with him. But here's the problem. We try to do things for him instead of with him. Here's our call. Watch this. Is to be a son or a daughter. What if you woke up tomorrow? Or went home today and you said, and you quit putting your pressure on yourself to go, I got to do everything just right. And just go, I just got to be loved today. Like, I, I may, I may cuss later. Y'all are like, he's talking about cussing. I, I don't know what you may do. I don't think you should. I don't think it's wise but it doesn't make you less of a son or a daughter. I should grow in that. You with me? I, I may post something on social media that's not good. You may. 
And I should grow from that. And I should learn from that. It doesn't make you less of a son or a daughter. Do what it takes. In other words, walk in a manner worthy of the love that you have received. I love that, that, that part in that song, Pastor Chris, how he loves us, where it says, if grace, I'm not going to sing it because you're paid to do that, not me. If grace was an ocean, we're all sinking. I, I, you know why I love that? I don't know about y'all. I need a lot of grace sometimes. Right? But the beautiful thing is, I can grow from it. And God drowns me in that grace and says, I'll walk with you, man. We'll do this thing together. So I will grow. Or I will change. Or I will be different. Can I just tell you that, like, in just a minute, Pastor Travis and Justin are going to walk back up here on this stage and they're going to give you an opportunity to join a Bible reading plan that's going to help us grow. And like, I don't want you to just go, oh, that's a good idea. Like, I really challenge you to get into it. Because part of the issue is we got to grow in this. But my number one thing is to be a son and a daughter. Let that be the seed and let God water it and cause the growth. You with me? Walk in a manner worthy of the love that I, watch this, have already received, whether I accept it or not. Jesus died in faith that he, you would come into relationship with him. In faith that you would. I love that. So here's what I want to ask today. I'm going to ask in a minute, how many of you guys are ready to grow? How many of you are willing to change? How many of you are ready to change something in your life? And we're going to pray over that. But right now, there's some people in the room and online that maybe your first step of growth is giving your life to Jesus. That's it. The prayer doesn't change you. The heart does, though. Is that what it's about? The Bible tells me if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that He is Lord and He has risen from the dead and He saved me of my sins, I shall be saved. I want to do that. That's our first step. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're in the room, Obviously, I can't see you online, but you are welcome to throw up a hands-up emoji if this is you. But if you're in the room and you're ready to give your life to Jesus and today's the day you'd like to pray that prayer, would you just slip your hand up right where you are so I can see it? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'd love to see that so that I can pray with you. Amen. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you're online or you're in the room and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I'd love for you to just pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life give you everything I have I ask for your forgiveness I ask for your grace but help me be better than I've ever been help me grow with you dear Jesus I, I thank you that you have made room for me in the family of God and I thank you that you died on the cross and you rose again to be in relationship with me help me be a son help me be a daughter of yours Jesus thank you for salvation today how many of you guys in the room would say ready to grow. I'm ready to change. Just throw your hand up. Just say, I, after today, I, I, whatever it takes, I need to do it. Amen. All over the room. All over the room. If you're at home, throw your hand up in your living room, wherever you are. Just hold it up. Just hold it up. I just want to pray, dear God, thank you that no matter where we are, who we are, what we've done, you meet us. Help us be sons. Help us be daughters.
Help us grow, help us change, help us become better than we've ever been before. But God, help us do that in you. Help us love you. Help us change the world and have vision with you. God, help us be loved. Help us just be great human beings of yours. Let us change what needs to be changed. We want to grow. Starting today, we want to grow. And we know that's tough. We know it's hard. We know we've got to embrace the process. We realize something's got to change. And God, will do whatever it takes to get there. And Lord, we love you and we honor you. And if you believe God's doing something great in your life, would you put your hands together right now?